Now, I've started to begin. Uh, I've, got, I've got two introductions for you this morning, okay? Uh, I, there's an introduction to the seven prayers, but then there's an introduction to the introduction. Because, and I started to begin because I just felt like this week, you know, you, you, you've really got to understand the why for this, okay? It's because there was a lot of good happened in 2016. I mean, some of you young ladies, y'all got a new little rock on you, on your left finger, you know, that, that, that finger, right? Some of you got married last year, babies are born, and lots of good things. Some of you got raises or new jobs, lots of good stuff happened, but there's still some bad stuff happening. And I started to, to bring you a slide of just, of just stats, and I thought, no, I, I, I can't get bogged down here. So, so I, I just started thinking real quick. I thought, I thought you know, the, immediately the first stat came to my mind is this week, Birmingham, the Birmingham Police Department was working their 101st homicide of 2016. 101 lives were purposely taken by somebody else in the city limits of Birmingham this past. That, that, that number's way up again. It, it, it had been dropping, it had been worried, but it's, it's way up. And in Chicago, it was over 750 homicides in 26. 750 people lost their life at the hand of somebody else purposefully, not accidental, purposely. Homicides, not a traffic accident, homicides. And then the, the police shootings, 82 policemen uh, were killed in the line of duty this year, and that doesn't count traffic-related incidents, that's, that's, that's uh, other deaths. And 21 of them were shot ambush-style in 2016. That's horrible. That's horrible. And, and, and it goes on and on. And yesterday, yesterday, driving around town uh, and even, even just seeing things uh, on TV and, you know, and Facebook and wherever, you know, just seeing things, and, and, and my... My heart just got heavy. I, I, don't know, I don't know what you see, but uh, so, sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes there, there's, a little, there's a burden in being a pastor. Because, you know, I, I get phone calls all year long. I get texts and emails all year long. And people say, Pastor, pray for me about this and this and this and this. The problem is people want me to pray for this stuff that they see. And a lot of times what we see is not the real problem. It's the seed that we planted some time ago that has now grown into something that we now see. And so we want to we pray over this and we don't see. The, and so I, I see all this all through the year. And so then I see things like yesterday, everybody preparing, preparing for the big celebration last night. You know, and that's, it's not really one that's really big on the church calendar because, you know, New Year's Eve is normally just, a, it's a big drinking holiday now. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? And, and, and yeah, okay, let's just cut to the chase a little bit here, I guess, if I can. You know, will, will a tablespoon of alcohol send you to hell? I hope not. I need to go home and throw away my NyQuil, if so, right? I, I hope it won't. But, 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 the, but the point is, the, the attitude that we have toward alcohol, let me throw this at you, this fact. Uh, in the last 18 years, do you know which demographic in this country alcohol-related deaths has doubled for in the last 18 years? If you guessed, you'd probably guess something like maybe 18-year-olds, you know, uh, older teenagers, or, or you might guess the college group, or, you, you know, that, that age group, or you, you might guess people who live on the street, but no. In the last 18 years, the number of alcohol-related deaths has doubled for middle-aged white women. You know why? Because drinking's gotten cool again. Because now, you've seen, you've seen the post. Oh, you know, do you see the one, you know, about one of the uh, costs of having kids is having to buy all the wine so you can put up with the kids? 
You seen that? I mean, it's gotten funny again, you know? It's gotten cute again. And, and, and they're not just having a tablespoon, but they're binge drinking, middle-aged white women. And so, you see, you might say, well, is that really that big? Yes, it's that big a deal, because you might just be seeing them partying and think, they all didn't get home safe last night. They all didn't even get to their home last night. And, and then at some point down the road, I'm getting phone calls from somebody who is praying, Pastor, pray for this. And you know, that seed was planted last night. I say, here's what I'm saying is, everything about 2016 wasn't perfect. And everything about our lives isn't perfect yet. Something needs to change. We remember the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So if we want something to change in 2017, then something's got to change in 2017. Okay? So let me take you some scripture now. First of all, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. No, wait a minute. I got to also have faith. I can't just do good things and please God to go. No, God says, you've also got to have faith in ple to please me. You can't just do the good stuff. You gotta, there's got to be faith there. Also, I want to take you to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Now, this one is pretty deep because you got to kind of back up to get the whole story of what's going on here. But basically, they were having an argument over whether it was right to eat meat sacrificed to idols or not. Here's what Paul is trying to tell them. He's saying, listen, listen, here. It's about the attitude. It's not so much about what you see people doing. It's about this the why that they're doing it. You know, and this is a thing like, don't argue over eating that meat. You know, somebody sits in front of you. But what he's saying is, here's the big deal. He's saying, if you, if you can't do it without some doubt, it's sin. But if you can, if you say, but God is the one who has given me this, and then in faith and believe, then that's what he's saying. Here, here's what I'm trying to tell you in these two verses of Scripture, what it's saying is it saying that faith and obedience have to connect. Now, I could take you to the book of James also and show you this as well, but I just don't have time right now. I want you to get this, though, that faith and obedience have to connect. It's not okay to just have one. You can't just believe and you can't just do. you got to believe and do together, okay? Now, here's where I actually was planning. A week ago, this is where the sermon was supposed to begin. But all that introduction came up this week. So let me take you to Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to read eight verses of Scripture here. And you need to read the rest of them because they're, and they're, the link is on uh, the Sunday's page if we go there. Now, this is Isaiah. He's a prophet. You remember what prophets are, right? Those weird guys, they walked around and said God spoke to them all the time, you know? And, and, and then it's up to us to figure out if they really are a prophet of God or not. Be careful if you think you're a prophet because the Old Testament says if you're a false prophet, we're supposed to take you out in the backyard and stone you, okay? But uh, we're supposed to judge then if you're a prophet or not. And hunt for hundreds, thousands, 2,000 plus years now, religious Christian and righteous men have judged Isaiah is a true prophet of God because he, test, he told us stuff that was going to be true about Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, okay? So we know he's a prophet, all right? And this is what he says. God says, Isaiah, here's what I want you to do. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager. The italics is mine, okay? Just wanted to point it out to you. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. What God is saying here is they have forsaken my ways. 
uh, and they ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Go ahead, if you will, Tommy, and I'll be there in a second. But here, again, back to that little diatribe a few moments ago, right, is, is this, this thought right here, is that people come. It's like these phone calls that I get and these things. They seem eager to want God in their life, but we, we only want God to show up and just fix the stuff that we don't like. Leave, that, leave this alone, God. I'm happy with it. But God, come fix this. That's a problem to me today. This is what God's saying about his own people. He's saying that about Israel back in the Old Testament, is that they wanted God to just fix the stuff they wanted him to fix. And so they say, why have we fasted and, and you've not seen it, God? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? God says, but on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. Now, God gave us free moral choice. He's not saying that we gave, because you became a Christian, you don't have free moral choice anymore. But he says, you're fasting, but then you're doing all kinds of other things, just whatever you please. He said, that's not, that's not the way this thing's supposed to go. You exploit all your workers, you use them, or, or you cheat people. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. Does anybody know anyone that when they don't eat, they get ornery? Yeah. Anybody know people like that? God's saying, this is the way you guys are. You're fasting, you're not eating, and you're getting ornery. And, and, and you're quarreling, you have strife, and even striking each other with wicked fists. You know, you, 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 your blood sugar's gotten so low, you reach, you're just reaching out and hitting somebody, you know? And so God says, that's going on. You cannot fast like this as you do today. You cannot fast like this and expect to be heard on high. You can't do these things and expect to be heard on high. Even though, yo, I'm fasting. No, 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 God said you can't do that. There's more to it than just, than just the to-do. There's, there's, there's so much more like it. Are we, yeah, he says, is this the kind of fat, that fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head? Like, that's, now, that's what I've always heard fasting was. Fasting was just a day for to push this, this sinful flesh down and, and push it down so the spiritual man can grow, right? I'm supposed to hurt myself. I'm supposed to, man, if, if I don't get a headache when I fast, I must not have been fasting right. I mean, man, I'm, I need to be hurting myself. God says, that, that's not what I'm about. We, we've made God such a negative God. And as I was telling you a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, even Old Testament doesn't say that's the kind of God he is, but that's what we've done. We've made God this, that God's saying, you know, you need to beat yourself up. You, you, need, to, you need to hurt yourself. And God says, is that what I've done? Is that what you've heard me say is that I want you to, I want you to hurt yourself? I want you to, to have a headache? That's why I want you to fast? No, that's not what God is saying. Is that what you call a fast today acceptable to the Lord? No, next page. is not this. This is the kind of fast, fasting God says I have chosen, God has chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. That's weird, isn't it? Thrown in there at the last minute. But I think, you know, here's what God is saying. There obviously were some that were turning away. They wouldn't even help their, their, their own flesh and blood. But I think what he's also telling us is, man, if you've already, if you won't even help your own flesh and blood, you're definitely not helping your neighbor and people you see in strangers on the street, right? So God is saying, God is saying, that, that's not what fasting is. Let me, let me give you another ideal of fasting. Because you see, if y'all remember the November sermon series, you know, I mean, we're just blessed, right? We are so stinking blessed. How blessed are we? If tomorrow you felt like you needed to buy, you know, you just felt impressed in your spirit. You're, you're about to eat lunch and you see somebody else and you just feel impressed in your spirit. You need to bless somebody. You need to buy their lunch. You'll buy their lunch and then you'll go buy yours, right? 
There's probably not a person in this room that couldn't buy somebody else's lunch and still buy their own, right? We could buy somebody else a hamburger tomorrow and still buy ourselves a hamburger tomorrow. There's probably not a person in this room that couldn't do that. But we really haven't done anything for anybody yet. No sacrifice because we're so stinking blessed. What if? What if this week you decide to fast a meal and here's what you decide to do is I'm going to buy somebody else's lunch and then I'm going to have a cup of water and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to sip it and I'm just going to remember, you know, if I have a little hunger pain, thank God I don't normally have hunger pains because God has blessed me so much. And then you, now you've given to somebody else. or maybe, maybe you get an unexpected blessing and, and you know, that's one of the things I, 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 when something comes to me unexpected, the first thing I try to think of is, God, did you send this? for somebody else, and I'm just one that you know you can get the money through. I started asking that because, because and, and that's, this is what God is calling a fast. He calls fast something that makes something good happen. Uh, are we go, go on um, to, to an next one. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will go quick, will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be regarded. He said, you know, you've been walking in darkness. You've been walking in a, in a, in a bad place. You've been walking lost. But God says, now, then your light will, will uh, begin to break forth. He said, and, and even, you know, the way we'd say that last part right there is we'd say, and God, God's got your back, okay? That nothing's going to sneak up behind you, and nothing's going to take you. And, and then he goes on and on. Verse 8 and 9 start with the word, then, you know, when you do this, then, and then the rest of this chapter tells you all the things that God says, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. And you need, so you need to read the rest of that chapter. You can find the link on the Sunday's page because God says, I'll do all of these things. When? When we did that. Here, here's, here's, here's the thing, okay? It, it's not enough to do the right thing. If you do the right thing in the wrong way, the right thing becomes the wrong thing. If you do the right thing for the wrong purpose, the right thing becomes the wrong thing. If you do the right thing with a, with a bad attitude, the right thing becomes the wrong thing. It's just like, it's just like a teenager who asks, Dad, can I borrow the car to, to for the guys to ride with me to the ball game this weekend? Dad says, sure, it'll need to be washed first. And so, you know, I don't know about you, if you remember you, some of you guys, some of you are still teenagers. I don't know about you, but my thinking would have been back then, I don't care if the car is dirty. So I would have probably just said, okay, dad wants the car washed, but it really doesn't have to be washed for that. But he says, you know, so I'd probably be thinking of that and I'll just let that one slide. And as the weekend nears, gets closer, you know, the dad says, uh, you know, as he comes, dad, uh, does the car need gas? Or need, well, yeah, the car needs gas for you to go tomorrow, but you still haven't washed it. Well, dad, it's, dark, it's dirty, but we don't care. It's just a bunch of guys. And dad said, no, I told you it had to be washed before you, or you can't drive it tomorrow. And so the teenager goes out, you know, and he hooks up the hose pipe and he goes, and he's got a bad attitude. You know, he kicks the bucket over a couple of times. He's mad, you know, and you know, he's, he's washing about half-heartedly and he's whispering some things under his breath that he shouldn't be saying, right? And all of that and all that. And you know what? He gets the car washed, but he does not please his dad. So that's why God says without obedience or, or, that, uh, that you cannot please him. With, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Not just with the obedience, but without faith, it is without a belief, without a connection, without a, the, the, I, I'm connected to you, without that faith. And we're not talking about just belief, we're talking about believing he, he is and believing who he is. Without that, it's not enough. We have to, we have to somehow find the way to make our faith and our actions connect. Because when all of this begins happening, 
When, God's, when do God's promises, all of these promises, when do those promises become your blessings? When your religion becomes more than just a to-do list. When you're not just checking things off because God said I had to do this. And I had, when you begin, when your faith begins to move you to act, when you're not acting right just because you have to, but when your faith and your connection and your relationship with God causes you to do the right things, that's when God's promises will become your blessings. Because when you do, when your Christianity is just a to-do list, you know what happens in just a few minutes? I'm keeping my eye on that clock. In just a few minutes, if your Christianity is a to-do list, in just a few minutes, you're going to be done for the whole week. You know, because went to church, check. Gave a little bit in offering, check. Uh, bowed my head while somebody prayed, check. I was in the room during the praise and worship, so I was involved in praise and worship, check. And some people are done. And that's their Christianity. Christianity is not a checklist. It's a relationship. It's faith. It, it's, it's connection. And it's, it, it's doing the right things, but it's doing the right things because of the faith inside of you that says this is what I'm called to do. This is who I'm called to be. I've been blessed by him, and I must do this. This is what this is. You know, for a lot of people, you know, I'm so glad you chose today. One of your first things to do is to be in church. But our first, first four or five waking hours of this week can't be all that Christianity is. You have 168 hours, and if, the, if, the, if your Christianity is done after the first five, then what about that other 163? You know what? We cannot really say that this has impacted our life if it doesn't somehow also impact the other 163 later in the week. You know what? I, I appreciate you guys telling me after church. You said, Pastor, that was a great sermon. Thank you. That really encouraged I love that. But you told, let me tell you something. You know what I'd love even more? I'd love to have somebody to come back next Sunday and say, Pastor, that message you preached last week so inspired me that I went and did, and, and God blessed, and God worked, and this miracle, I, I, and I prayed, and those things. I'd rather, because that's what it's supposed to be about. This is not supposed to just happen here, and then we come back and find it again next week. No, no, we must bring the good of this time. We must bring the awesomeness of this moment. We must bring the anointing, and the power, and the blessing, and the, and the good of what God is doing for us in this moment, we must bring it into the other 163 of our week, those 163 hours. We must. We must find a way. And that's going to be our theme for 2017, is that, is that we've got to, we got to start doing it the other 163 as well. And so this week, you know, these the seven things, I, 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 kept, I kept fighting because I kept thinking, okay, what is it, seven resolutions? I don't, I don't like New Year's resolutions because everybody thinks those are things that you make for two or three weeks, right? You know, nobody follows through on those. I'll give you the stat a couple of weeks ago, was it, uh, that only 8% of the people who make resolutions follow through with them past a month? So, I didn't, you know, I was saying, God, I don't want to, I don't want to give the church resolutions because we're not going to stick with those. And, and, and just praying about it this week, praying about it, and God's, God, help me see that these aren't just resolutions. These are the prayers to pray for 2911 for the year 2017. So here, let me, and I'm going to have to hurry, give you these seven prayers that I want you to help me pray over 2017. And the first one is this. 
Even though we're going to be talking a lot about 163 this year, we're going to be focusing on, it's got to be there. And listen, these next few sermons are going to be about you and how you can see the change happen in your life. But we got to start seeing some change happen in our, in our world, in our communities. And so here, even though we're going to be focused on that, here's the first thing, is God remind us, remind us, don't let us forget that it all begins right here. It begins right here. You cannot skip this, Okay. See all the, see those five hours up there? You know, if, if you've been awake since 7 o'clock, in about 40 minutes it's going to be noon. You know, that can't be all of your Christian experience. That can't be all of it. There's got to be more than that. But it's got to start right here. Because, and, and I need to say some things as quick as I can, and so I may, I, I may skip some explanation, I, and I, just, I don't want to lose anybody, but I, I want you to get this. I want you to hear me. I, 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 I want you to understand this. Is, is, is we... We, ha- we have to pay attention to this because what's going to happen is you're going to spend, see all those blank hours in the, the 168 that week? See all those blank hours right there? 24, 24, 24. See all those? You know, if your Christianity is only those five hours, then this week, you know what's going to happen? Is you're going to have 163 other hours that there's no spiritual food, there's no spiritual nourishment, no, nothing spiritual happening in your life. It's going to be empty, it's going to be blank, but you know what? It's going to be filled with something else out there. You know, there, there's a big deal out now, right now, about all these parody websites and, and articles that people are writing that are, are jokes, you know, and some people are thinking that they're for real and then they're reposting them. I got an email yesterday about somebody asking me to ask my whole church to pray for something. Problem was, the story they were wanting us to pray for happened two and a half years ago. You know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, and, and you know, you just say, oh, they're so silly, you know, and you want, you want to respond back to them, but they're going to feel stupid for doing that. But you know what? We do the same thing because we get out here and we start hearing stuff that is said. And you know what? Some of it sounds like, mm, you know, maybe so. You know what? I think the pastor said, pastor said something about that scripture. Is that what he said? I don't, I don't remember because that was about six months ago or six weeks or whatever. And, 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 and we, if we're not careful, we will be just the same as we will begin believing. That's why why it has to start here. This is the place. This time, this togetherness is the refocus, the reminder of who we are. You can't do this. And so let me tell you this, is I don't lose a lot of church members. You, you know, most people think, oh, he lost the church members. You know, they're out drinking Friday night or New Year's night or what, Eve night. I, I don't lose a lot of church members on Friday or Saturday night. Let me tell you when I lose church members. In my history, I can tell you this. I, I have lost, the churches I pastor, we've lost church members on Sunday morning because of this. Because that very first Sunday that you don't go to church for no good reason is the first step out. That's the beginning. And you know what? If that never, if you can make that never happen, and that's why I'm, I want you to pray with me this, this year, is that never happens. I never have a Sunday that I just say, you know what? It is all right this week, and I can, no, that I never have a Sunday. I want you to pray that over me because we're not going to lose, because the problem is not losing church members. The problem is losing people away from God. And you pray with me that not one of us believes that this isn't important. This is where it begins. Okay, but now it's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. Okay, so let me remind you real quick who we are. Church 2911 exists to reach people, especially the unchurched and dechurched, and to help one another become true disciples of Jesus. That's why these next six prayers, okay, is because this is who we are. And if we're not going to do this, then we don't need to be here. God didn't call us to just be another church. God called us to be this specific church. We, you are here because of that. You know, you're here because of that. Even if you don't know that, 
Even if you have never thought about that, you're here because God laid it on the heart of the people that are here. And you know what has happened? Uh, you know, God's now calling more and more people to say, yes, this is the mission. And, and when you join a church, what you're doing is you're saying, this is the mission that's in my heart too, and I want to make this mission happen. Okay, so this is the mission. This is the thing that we do. This is the reason that we exist. So here, secondly, here's the second prayer, okay? The, the second prayer, and the rest of these follow into that. God, help us take our commitment to finance and otherwise support our mission more seriously. We have to make sure we're doing everything we can. We got to make sure because guess what? Nobody else is going to do this for us. Uh, Gardendale First Baptist, they have helped us a lot, but they ain't going to come over here and pay our bills and give us vision and teach us how to do it. This is not their vision. This is our vision. This is the place God has called me to. God, remind me, help me be more serious about my commitment to making this vision happen this year. And let me tell you something. It's not getting easier to do church. It's getting harder to do church. It was It was easy to do church. When I, was, when I was just getting into ministry because everybody loved you. you know, everybody saw churches as a good thing. People don't see church as a good thing. A lot of them out in the world today, your culture does not see you as a good thing as a church anymore. It's getting harder. And that, what that means is that we have to get more serious about our commitment to make this vision thing happen that God has called us to do. Thirdly, I pray that God helps us reach the next 180. Based on our numbers, based on our stats, there's about 180 people that attend 2911 that did not know, did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ when they first came to 2911. God, help us reach the next 180. And if we're not going to do that, we're not just not 2911 anymore. We're not even a Christian church anymore. If we're not reaching new people, we're not even Christian anymore because Jesus Christ gave that mission to every single person in what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all things that I've commanded you. That has been given to every single Christian. And so if we're not doing that, we're not even Christian. Because to be Christian means to be Christ-like. It means to be following him. If we're not doing this, if you're, come on, let's make it personal. If I'm not doing this, then I'm not even Christian. I'm not following Christ anymore. So this has to be, has to be part of it. Number four, own your growth. God, please, please, Lord, lead every one of us to own our growth. See all those, see all those five, those five hours? See all those empty ones there? And so all week long, you're gonna be getting filled with the wrong stuff. You have to own your own growth. I can't, you didn't get an hour and 15 minutes of church today. An hour, is that enough for the week? No, it's not enough for the week. I mean, you got to cut, now you got to cut out three and a half of those if, if that's all your Christianity is, is an hour and 15 minutes. And that's not enough. You have to own your growth. Last weekend and, and last night, a survey went out, a link to a survey in an email. Um, if you got it twice and you've already filled it out, ignore the second one, okay? But if you have not filled out the survey, please fill out the survey. Let me tell you why. It's because we want to get a baseline for where we are. We want to know what happens in 2017. We want to figure out how, how much we're praying, how much we're seeking God, how much we're inviting and doing those kinds of things. And so please fill it out. It's anonymous. We don't know who's filled out what. So that's why we had to send it out to everybody all over again, okay? And so give us that. And then at the end of 2017, we're going to do the same thing because we want to see if we're doing the right things to help us get to that place. Secondly, something began today, the Bible project. I've been praying, God, give us 100 people to follow in this Bible project. We're about 30-something 30 30 people short of that right now. It started today. It's not too late for you. You can go to the website, and you can go there, and you can sign up for it, okay? Uh, and, and it is, we're going to read the Bible through in a year, and there are some 
awesome videos to, that, that you watch that will actually explain to you. And th- these are really good videos. And it's not like something boring. I mean, this is something to keep your attention. And it will explain to you. Ezekiel is, blew my mind, the amazing, the amazing way that they explained the book of Ezekiel. And, and Revelation is another way. And, and so the videos will be in the middle of this too. And so please, own your growth. Small groups, the launch will be coming up in just a few, few weeks. Small groups, you have to decide to connect to a small group. You have to decide because if you don't, you know what's going to happen? You're, you're going to have nobody to pray for you when you get sick. You're gonna, nobody's going to know you. I mean, just walking in, walking out, shaking a hand on a Sunday morning in a quick way. You've got to connect somewhere. You've got to be there. You need to be involved in a small group. And, and, and some people say, well, I just don't know that small group. No. Sunday school was a small group. Hey, the old cottage prayer meetings back before I was, a, I was born. Those were small groups, okay? You know, this is not something new. We just do it out in the community and do it at a different time. You need to be in a small group. You need to own your own growth. So I'm praying, God, please give us people who won't try to live off the hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning anymore, but they'll be about the other 163. They'll be owning their growth. So they won't like have the spiritual high on Sunday and be falling all week long and hoping to come get here on Sunday so they can get back up. But God, they can get a spiritual high on Sunday and they can maintain it and they can build on it and they can come back next week and build it even bigger and better. God, help us not forget to own our growth. Fifthly, uh, what's the fifth one? Uh, Lead us to welcome discipleship from one another. I pray that God gives me a a, a, a sermon time that I can spend all on this one issue. But you remember when I was talking about how people call me and said, Pastor, pray over this? They asked me to pray over that, but they don't want my discipleship. They don't want me to tell them what you need to do now. You know, people don't want that today. I mean, even, even come on, even you. A lot of times, I, I mean, it's rare that I get questions from you. Pastor, I'd like to talk to you or is there somebody in the church I could talk to that could give me some advice or some good spiritual? We don't get that anymore. We get, Pastor, I got a problem. Pray over it. God wipes it away. I want to leave all this stuff going just like it's going in my life. Let me tell you something. If God wipes all this away and you leave all this stuff going the way it's going in your life, whatever he wiped away is coming back because you can't keep doing the same thing and get a different result. And, and I pray, God, help us open ourselves up to the discipleship of the people that you are putting right in our lives that are right there. We have some awesome, awesome uh, mentors here at 2911, and you, we, we need to be open to that. Numbers, number six, I, I, I'm, I'm hurrying. I don't know if it sounds like it or not, but I am. Oh, uh, Thank you, Tommy. Uh, I, I kept telling Tommy, don't go to this one too quick. And I made him in both services go to it, even though he knew he wasn't supposed to. Okay, let me, let, let, let me explain here where I'm going with this, okay? Is God sent us here almost three years ago now. I preached a message right before we moved into this building that God is putting us on the road. If you're going to be a champion, you've got to learn to win on the road. And we've been winning on the road some awesome things happening here. Small groups are out in the community now. We're no longer having to fight over two or three classrooms in a church building. When can I have my small group? Man, I got so tired of hearing that. You know, don't have your, you can have it anytime you want to. You got a living room, right? You know, Starbucks is right down the road or whatever, right? And guess what? Now that we're here, Small groups are in the community. It's in people's homes. It's in restaurants. It's in parks. I mean, one of the most amazing small groups we had was, was the, was the uh, oh, what, what was your, Michael remembers the dangerous, right? Oh, Michael remembers that one really big because it was dangerous, wasn't it, Michael? I mean, inside joke, sorry. I, I couldn't, couldn't come up with it there. You know, uh, one of the most amazing, and it was in the park, and they were, they were playing, uh, they were playing some kind of crazy Frisbee, you know, something, you know, and, and people were getting injured and hurt, but it, it was 
awesome. It was because people were coming and they were coming, they were connecting and, and they, they were coming and connecting for this. I mean, I mean th- th- these are the things that we've got to, got to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over this, right? Back, back up there in a minute uh, because I, don't, I didn't want to be there yet. Definitely, okay. Um, but, uh, well, I'm sorry. You can stay there. You can stay there. Um, here, here's the thing. is I'm not praying for a new building. You know why? Because I don't want to tell God what to do with this church. I'm praying His will. So if He's got another building for us, fine. I'm keeping my eyes open, my ears open. We're looking at stuff. We're asking questions. But I'm not praying for I am praying, God, let your will be done. And I'm praying, I'm praying that next prayer. You can go to that slide. And I'm praying, I'm praying, God, open more doors in more communities so that we, and give us the resources so that we can reach those people. That's what I'm praying. You know what I'm even, I'm even praying this. I mean, praying God open more doors in more communities for us to have church in. Not to just go in for a small group and back out, not to just go do an event. God open a door for us to do church in another community somewhere and give us the resources. And here's, here's, one, of the, here's one of the reasons I'm not praying for a new building is that slide you've already read. I like the fact that God has led us to spend more of our resources on our communities than on servicing a debt for a big building somewhere. I don't know if you need that one to sink in a little bit. I'm glad of that. And as long as God wants us to do that, to take more of our resources and spend on our communities and spend on reaching them, then so be it. Number seven, I'm I'm about to close. Uh, Give us greater impact. This is the last one. Give us greater impact in our communities, obviously. Because that's what what we've got to have. We've got to have impact in our communities. You know, uh, the summer of serve, it's it's grown bigger since we've been here. You know, and, and... God, let 2017 be even greater. The uh, touch cards, you know what those are? Those little cards that are on the table back there on the way out the door. Grab you some of those. I am praying, God, let us hand out more touch cards in 2017 than we have in all of our uh, years up to this point. These are the ones where you cut somebody's grass and you leave the card there on their porch. Or, you know, you uh, take donuts to work and, you, you know, you tape the card there and it just says, you've been touched by somebody at 2911, or you, you buy somebody's breakfast in the drive-thru, and, and uh, as you're paying, you give the lace, give them this card. And the reason you're doing that is because you're wanting them to know this didn't just happen, but the Spirit of God, the love of God, the grace of God that was on me just makes me want to do this for you. That, that's, that's why we're doing that. And, and you need to be doing that. Uh, the, the touch card, the invitations. Okay, l- l- let me do this. Let me invite you to join me at the front, and let me give you this at the close, okay? So if you would stand and come to the front. If you're a first-time attender, we'd like to close around front with a final song, a final prayer, and we would love to have you join us if you feel comfortable. So please come this way and join us. I probably didn't preach about your problem today, but the prayer team is still standing here. Why? Because they want to pray with you about your problem, okay? So even, even, if, even if I didn't mention it, nobody's mentioned it, we still want to pray with you about that, okay? So please, please, in just a few moments, move down and let a, a prayer team member, let us agree with you in prayer. Invitations. God, let us make more invitations this year than we ever did. God, let that, let that survey show that we have increased in making this invitation. Because if we're not inviting people to church and to small groups, if we're not inviting people, then we're not being... Can I 
read you a quote that I read this past, I think, I think it was just this past week. I really would like to visit a church, but I'm not particularly comfortable going by myself. What is weird is that I'm 32 years old and I've never had a Christian invite me to church in my entire life. Your friend didn't write that, did they? Do you have a friend that could write that? Yeah. God, do not let the saved sleep comfortably when we haven't done what we need to do. God, don't let us sleep comfortably when we haven't done what we need to do. We know, we know someone. There, there, there are staff members here. I said this in the first service. There are staff members here at the Civic Center that don't go to church anywhere. And every Sunday, we walk right by them. Do you speak? You know, what would be horrible is for them to get into eternity one day and say, you know, every Sunday that church walked right by me and half of them didn't speak to me. And none of them invited me to church. You invited any of them to church? I said, well, they're working. Well, yeah, but that's not the point, is it? I told you, uh, I mentioned, uh, let, me, let me share this with you. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and, and it might have even been last week. I don't, I don't remember, and a lot of you weren't here. And I can't tell you a lot of this. There, there's an awesome story that's being written. I just want to tell you this one little thing real quick. One of our church members was telling me about a situation in their life, how they had gotten, they had gotten out of church, and how, um, how a, uh, they, were, they were renting and they had a problem and they asked the landlord to come fix the problem and said the landlord fixed the problem and then before he left he said, would you guys like to go to church with me? And they looked at each other and said, sure. And then all this, the reason they were telling me this is all this amazing story that was beginning to happen in their life and telling me that here's where it began. When somebody said, would you like to go to church with me? You see, the problem is you and I, we're defaulting to thinking that they don't want to go or they will already be here. No, the 32-year-old says, I want to go. I just don't want to go alone. The, the stat has been for decades that 80-something percent of people say if they, the, who don't attend church say if they were asked by a friend to go to church, they would go. You have no excuse. I have no excuse. There is no reason. We must do this. This is what God has given to us. You know, and, and, our, and even our T-shirts. You know our T-shirts? You know, the, yesterday, one of our members said they got the opportunity to tell somebody about 2911 for the first time. They hadn't been here very long, and it's because they were wearing their T-shirt. Somebody asked, what's 2911? And he said, I sent them to the website. And I was like, oh, no, no, you didn't, you didn't know, you, you know. And he said, oh, I, I told them about Jeremiah 2911, how God has an awesome dream for their life. And so then I was in, inside, I said, yes, that's it. Yes, that's it. Wear that dadgum t-shirt out there. And you know, this is a great thing right here is we're in Alabama. You can wear a t-shirt year-round in Alabama, you know? Wear it out there and have somebody say, what's 2911? Say, I'm glad you asked because God has an awesome dream for your life. Would you like to go to church with me? Tell them where it's at because that is where it's at. That's what it's about. Jeremiah 2911, this is it. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Do you know somebody that needs to hear that? Well, I just don't know how to start. Wear your shirt. And then tell them that. Wear your shirt, it'll open the door. Do something. Come on. We're, we gotta close, okay? Jamie's gonna leave us in a final song. And I want you to pray with me. I wanna pray a prayer of recommitment rededication to being who we are as a church this year. 
And it's not about this four or five hours and, you know, doing ministry, you know, right here to us. It's about that other 163. 